Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection Podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 160 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm really excited to be in your earbuds today, and I don't know if I say this enough. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know there are tons of other podcasts. There are tons of other relationship coaches, life coaches, love coaches, dating coaches, all of those things. And for you to be tuning in here today really does mean the world to me, and I am honored and humbled and grateful to be a part of your finding love journey. Now, if you're on my email list, you know that about a week ago, I sent an email out talking about how I'm entering into a new phase of really showing up and really leaning into my authenticity and telling the truth about life, about love, all of those things. And by the way, if you're not on my email list, make sure you get on because I often share insights and also first dibs at offers and um, deals on offers and all that kind of stuff that I don't offer here on the podcast or on Instagram. So to make sure that you really stay in the loop with what's going on and how I can support you, make sure you go to veronicagrant.com. There's a lot of different ways you can get onto my email list there. There's my love block quiz. There's a getting over your ex guide and some other good stuff to help you along. And on all roads lead to Rome, they all go to my email list. So veronicagrant.com. Anyways, so leaning into telling more of the truth and more of my authenticity. It's not that like before last Thursday, I was fake or not being real or anything like that. It's it's really been a process over the past year and a half where I've really been committed to taking off the mask and 
taking down my walls and um, releasing and, and also healing the wounds around being fearful of people rejecting me or not liking me or judging me and all of those things so that I can show up more real and more authentic and tell the truth for you. Because I find that the more I can do that, then yeah, of course, it definitely aids in my own personal growth and my own personal journey. But I think it's also in your benefit too, because I know from my own experience that when I follow other coaches or quote unquote gurus, I don't consider myself a guru, but just for lack of a better term, when I follow those kinds of people online, and like their life just looks so perfect and manicured. And it's like, okay, that really sounds nice. But are you really applying it? Or how does it apply into your life? Because things are messier than that, usually, then I find not only is it just annoying, but or just not helpful. That's like best case scenario. I think worst case scenario is that it actually kind of makes me feel shitty because then I start comparing and judging myself. I'm like, oh, well, gosh, I my house doesn't look like that. Or like, my God, like I don't look like that when I go on to video or, you know, things like that. And it and and I think that can actually be fairly destructive and can be fairly harming for the emotional body, energetic body as we try to do this deep healing work. And so this is my commitment to you, which is just shedding yet another layer um, so that I can really show up and support you in your journey in the most real and authentic way that I can. And I'm committed to sharing what's worked in my life, what hasn't worked, and the messiness that goes along with it, because nothing's perfect, nothing's manicured. Um, and that's what I'm committed to to doing. So, and so today's episode is the perfect topic for that, uh, because today I want to talk about what people don't talk about in the finding love world. So if you're single and you mentioned that you're single or people know that you're single, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, random person checking you out the grocery store, everyone seems to have their own opinion about why you aren't in a relationship yet. It's like, oh, well, you have to love yourself more or you need to take care of yourself first or you need to appreciate being single. Just live it up and then, you know, just expect don't expect it and then it'll happen. Or they say, get out there more, or they say, get online, or they'll say, get offline, you have to meet in real life. Everyone has their own opinion. But beyond actually getting, you know, to the date, to the second date, to the third date, what no one talks about is what happens after that date number three or four, whenever it starts turning into something that may or may not resemble a relationship. No one really talks about what it's supposed to look like or what it's spo- or how you're supposed to feel and what's quote unquote healthy and what's quote unquote not healthy. And what I do want to just say is that everyone is different. So I'm not going to say, okay, well, this and this and this, you know, you have to have all these check boxes off and then you're in a good relationship. I'm not going to give you that. But today's episode, I do want to begin to lift the veil and tell you a few things that nobody will tell you about when it comes to being in the relationship, not like the dating part, but after when, once you're in a relationship. As I remember when I was dating, you know, I thought the only problem to be solved was getting into the relationship. And then after the relationship started, you know, it was beyond just like the first month or two, and you just have like those intense butterflies, and you're really excited about the person, but it, then it becomes more of just like a consistent day to day, like, okay, we're doing this thing. 
I was really confused. I was like, I don't know what this is supposed to feel like. Like, is this good? Is this bad? How am I supposed to feel? Um, what's going on here? And, you know, I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I would say I definitely felt like this. I think maybe beyond the first year or so, because the first year is just really new and exciting. Um, and then after that, once you kind of get into the relationship, you're like, okay, cool. Like, all right, I don't know what I'm really doing, but I'm just going to figure it out. Um, and, and, uh, and I had to do a lot of work, you know, with some of my coaches early on, especially around, you know, what it actually takes to create a healthy relationship. And and so now I just want to share some of what I've learned and what I've noticed, both from my own experiences, but then, you know, obviously what I've learned just from working with hundreds of women over the years, because I don't want you to feel that confusion of, well, what is a relationship even supposed to be or feel like, because I know that can be super anxiety provoking. And I don't want you to stay in a relationship because you figure, oh, well, you know, compromise, it's just, it's kind of how it's supposed to be. And I also don't want you to leave a relationship that's actually good, but you have a compare, you're comparing it to, to something that's more like idealistic and more Cinderella-esque, and it's not really a part of real life. And I don't want you to sabotage a potentially very good relationship just because it's not aligning with with some uh, romantical uh, aspect of dating relationships that rom-coms or, you know, Disney or things like that might portray. So my goal really is to educate you so that you have a more realistic expectation about what real love really looks like. And I just want to go through four things that no one really talks about when it comes to finding love. So let's start with number one. Now, here's the first thing, and this might be totally opposite to what you probably have been told before. You've probably been told before that relationships are about compromise, and I couldn't disagree more. I believe relationships are not about compromise, because think about it. If you're compromising and or if your partner is compromising at the end of the day, no one's really getting what they want which over time leads to unhappiness and resentment. So what I coach around instead and what I do in my own life is instead of compromise, go for a solution where everyone wins. So how can you creatively problem solve and, you know, so that everyone can get what they need and want in the relationship? And I'll give you a quick example from my own life. So I've talked a lot about how CV and I are both Jewish, and uh, we came from very different Jewish backgrounds, which in my opinion, we might as well have just been from different religions of how different it was, right? I grew up very reformed, very secular. We had bacon next to the cheese growing up in my refrigerator, for those of you who don't know, um, in traditional Jewish homes that keep kosher. Uh, you don't mix meat and dairy, and you definitely don't have bacon because that's from pigs. Pigs aren't kosher. <laughs> And Stevie came from a more religious home where he did have a kosher kitchen. And it was really important to him that he has a kosher kitchen, you know, now in his own house. Now, for me, I didn't really have an opinion in terms about, I mean, yeah, of course, I had, I, no, that's not true. I did have an opinion. But um, when we first started dating, I was actually a vegan and I'm not a vegan anymore, but I would say I'm 90%, maybe like 80% vegetarian. And then like some fish on top of that, which technically makes me pescatarian and then some meat. But it's again, it's it's very, very little. So for him to want a kosher kitchen, which basically means just keeping meat and dairy separate and then not having pork, 
it really wasn't a big deal, right? It wasn't really going to dramatically change how I was already eating because mostly I just eat fish and fish isn't considered meat um, and vegetables and, you know, legumes and nuts and seeds and all that kind of stuff. So totally fine, right? But one thing that was really important to me is when we travel, I wanted to eat whatever I wanted. (laughs) You know, if like the quintessential thing to get there was like some shrimp thing or some whatever thing, I really see food as just part of the cultural experience and traveling. And that's a really just something that I really value. And it's something that was really important to me. And so Stevie and I had basically an everyone wins type of conversation where the kitchen would be kosher. We wouldn't bring any non-kosher food into the kitchen. And when we're traveling or just out somewhere and there's something that I want to get that may or may not be kosher, then I just get it and because it's something that I want to do. Now, again, like I don't really eat that much meat anyways. And really the only time that I really go off my eating is, uh, or my normal eating, I should say, is when I travel. And that's what I value. And that's what's important to me. So, um, so when there's, you know, when, when it feels even like something that's like a kind of a big deal, and that really plays into a lot of areas of, of your life, you know, we're not really compromising, like Stevie still goes to the once kosher kitchen, and I can I still get what I want, which is just eating um, the local foods when we travel, regardless of whether or not it's kosher, and we're both fine with it. Um, we support each other in it, and everyone wins. And here's the thing, like some things you can't compromise on, like whether or not you want kids, like, well, we'll have a kid sometimes. And then, you know, every other week, you know, the other week, we'll send the kid away. Like, no, like either have kids or you don't, right? So obviously, you can't compromise on that. And there's probably some other things that you can't compromise on, like lifestyle, like maybe you want to have a traditional house in the suburbs and the white picket fence and blah, blah, blah. And maybe your partner wants to live in an RV and travel around the US and Canada for, you know, have many number of years. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you could compromise or not compromise, but find a way for everyone to to win where part of the year you're doing this part of the year you're doing that. But again, like that feels a little bit more like a compromise to me. And so ultimately, I think those things become deal breakers. And that's okay. It's okay to have something that's just a total deal breaker that's not going to allow a relationship to work. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're bad doesn't mean the other person's bad. It's okay, that um, something is just not going to work in the relationship. And you don't want to compromise and you don't want the other person to compromise, because that's always going to lead to resentment and unhappiness. And just, you know, be able to have the maturity to call the relationship off because of these basically um, because of these differences. If you find yourself compromising your emotions, like how you feel about something, how you would like to feel about something. If you find yourself compromising your body, doing things in the bedroom that'll make you feel comfortable, feeling like you have to look a certain way or dress a certain way. Um, have a certain number of kids that you don't want to have, whatever it is, then obviously that's problematic if you have to compromise your time. Um, If you would rather be spending your time doing one thing um, and you or like you value a lot of sleep or you're having to uh, take a lot of time to take care of the other partner because they're not really pitching in like what they need to be doing or whatever it is, that's a problem. And if you need feel like you have to compromise your values, and I don't mean values like, oh, I value Netflix, but like values in terms of like really the core of your humanness, like what you truly value in terms of like, um, you know, the things in humanity, like, uh, kindness and human rights and treating each other with kind uh, equality and things like that. Like if those things begin to feel like they're being compromised, then 
I recommend you either speak up or and or I should say get out if there's not a way where you can create a situation where everyone wins. So that was the longest thing um, in these four points that I want to talk about. But I just wanted to I really wanted to harp in on this. And I could actually probably do an entire episode on this topic. And maybe I will one of these days. um, Because I just want you to realize that relationships aren't about compromise. And if there's one thing that I hear all the time from women in this community is that relationships just feel exhausting to them. And just like a kind of energy. And the reason that it feels like that most likely is because you're probably compromising a lot. And if a relationship feels like that, or if your relationships have a pattern of feeling like that, then there's a good chance you're compromising and you're not really in a relationship where everyone wins. So either everyone wins or you get out. The second thing that no one wants to talk about when it comes to relationships is that relationships ebb and flow. And I mean this in a lot of different ways, but what I'm specifically referring to is that, uh, you know, once once you're in a relationship and you're kind of just going through the day to day, like you got to go to work, you got to do this, you got to uh, go grocery shopping, you've got to do some errands, you've got to clean the house, you've got to exercise, you got to do this and take care of kids if you have kids. You know, there's a lot of things that are that are going on. And obviously, I and I know many of you, especially those that have been married before or have been in long term relationships before, you know how easy it is to let a relationship just go totally flat. And we have to actually work extra hard. I shouldn't say extra hard, but you just have you have to put in an effort and um, put an intention behind actually creating that that spark and that connection, um, you know, in a relationship, especially as the months and the years in the years go on. And I used to get really, really anxious if I felt like Stevie and I were feeling a little bit more of like the roommate zone or feeling like a little distant from each other. Like, oh my God, oh my God, this means this is not, he's not the right person for me. Oh my God, I have to get out of the relationship. Oh my God, what do I do? Uh, I'm a dating coach. What are people going to think? And it would just totally freak me out and totally stress me out. But the truth is, is that it is 100% normal for relationships to ebb and flow. Now you don't want the relationship to always feel flat. You don't want the relationship to always feel like you're distant or you don't really know the person or uh, that it's like a roommate situation because obviously that's not ultimately what I want. It's hopefully, um, not hopefully, but I assume that's not uh, what you want either. But it's normal, right? And so Stevie and I have, you know, since put in some agreements of things that we do on a regular basis that allows for that connection to take place so that we don't fall into that quote unquote roommate status. And if it does happen because we're just really busy and retired and we just want to go to bed instead of have sex or whatever it is, then you know what? Like I have to forgive myself. We have to forgive each other. Like that's just, maybe it's just a period of time in our life. Maybe there's something that's going on with my business that's keeping me extra busy. Maybe he is working, um, you know, extra time at his, at work or whatever. And, and then we'll just have a, we'll, we'll schedule some time to, uh, you know, shift the energy, but it's totally fine and it's totally normal. So just a couple things that CB and I have in place is we do a date night uh, once a week. And this is not like a big fancy date night. This is just like, maybe it's just, 
you know, we live in California now, so maybe it's just driving up to the top of Mount Tam and just watching the sunset over the ocean and hanging out and just talking, maybe the dog's with us. Um, and, and it can be just like that. Maybe we bring a bottle of wine and cheese, maybe we don't, and we just talk and hang out. Um, and so really simple things like that. And then once a quarter, because I love the quarter system, once a quarter, uh, we go on a nice date night. So that means like, it's just, it's like we get dressed up and we make reservations and we do the appetizers and the main course and a bottle of wine and dessert. So it's like a big thing. And I just love doing that. Obviously, we can't afford to do something like that every week. And so we just do it about once a quarter. And it's just super fun. Um, We connect a lot. And it's just this really extra special time that we both look forward to probably me more than him. But (laughs) Stevie doesn't love going to restaurants because it's silly. I kind of stresses them out. So he mostly just drinks, uh, drinks the wine and uh, maybe eats a salad or something. But anyways, um, it's just something that's really fun and allows us to, uh, to connect. And then the other thing that we do is I mentioned earlier that I'm mostly vegetarian. We don't eat a lot of meat. But one thing that CB really does love is he loves a good steak. And so once a quarter, I'll buy him like a big, thick piece of steak and he'll grill it out and we'll eat it together and we'll have like some wine. And it's just really fun. So a weekly date night, but it's like a mini date night. And then one big date night, a quarter, one um steak a quarter. And then we have a couple's journal. And so every night, there's like a new question to answer. And so we'll just answer that question. It's it's a question for every day of the year. And then there's three uh, places per per day. So it actually allows you to use it for three years. And so it's like a really simple question. They're not like some of them are deeper and spark more conversation. And sometimes just a really simple, fun question. And I really love that because even if that's the only time of day that we can connect, then at least we can have this fun little connection time, even if it literally lasts less than five minutes. Um, and that's what we do to make sure that our relationship is is flowing and to counteract some of the the ebbing. But if you do find yourself, you know, kind of just going through the routine, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person or the relationship isn't right for you. It just means, okay, some more intention is behind it. And if you can't get to that flow, then maybe it does mean the relationship isn't right. But just because you've hit that wall doesn't mean that I think, I don't think that means that the relationship is bad or that you have to get out or it's not the right person anything like that. Um, The next thing, this has to do more with actually meeting the person, but I think it comes up so much that I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it here, even though I want to talk mostly about the relationship part, but there's so much judgment around this. I want to talk about it anyways. And this is everyone has a, a lot of people have an expectation of what they're supposed to feel like when they meet someone. And what I want to say is I can speak from my own experience. I can speak from what's happened with my clients. I can say I can speak from what's happened with my friends and what they've shared with me. And that is everyone has had a different experience of what it feels like when they've met their now partner. Some people didn't really like the person that they ended up marrying and there just wasn't they're like, oh, that person kind of bugs me or bothers me or there's just nothing there or whatever it is. And some people do, you know, claim that it was love at first sight. For me personally, I'm somewhere in the middle, but there's not a right and there's not a wrong. I've talked about this before, but I'll just briefly say with Stevie and me, I I can't honestly say that I can't say that it was love at first sight. It was definitely not love at first sight. But I can say that when we met, and I've talked about this before, I just knew that this was going to be different. 
But it wasn't so much Stevie. I mean, it was, but it also was my, like, where I was emotionally in my own life and how I was relating to him. You know, he was really one of the first guys. Um, I think that's mostly true. Like, he was really one of the first guys where I showed up and I was just, like, really excited about the direction of my life and what I was doing. And I was just feeling really confident and I wasn't outsourcing my confidence anymore to men or to anyone or anything else. And so I definitely knew that this relationship with Stevie was going to be different. Um, I, but again, it's not, it's not fair on us for me to say, oh yeah, I was loving at first sight. Cause no, it wasn't. And so it doesn't, it, you know, what, how you met the person and like, whether or not there was like that spark and fireworks, I don't know. I wouldn't put a lot of weight into that. And I get that that's easier said than done because there's so much about like the Bachelor franchise and rom-coms and all of these things that just portray like this idealistic view of what it's like when you meet your quote unquote soulmate. You guys know how I feel about soulmates. I don't know. I, I just would kind of ignore it. And the initial meeting of you and your future partner, I would say matters a lot less than how the relationship actually progresses and the connection that uh, you create beyond that. One thing I will say about this, and I'm not going to go into this right now, again, this is probably a whole other episode as well, is that if you meet someone and it's like, almost just like this magnetic, like too good to be true, almost like an addiction, can't get enough of each other. Like, oh my God, this is love. This is the one I would run. (laughs) And the reason for that is, and again, I'm going to do a whole episode on that. But the reason for that is because when you feel your emotions like that, that are just so much stronger than how strong the connection actually is in real life, then what that means is I like to say you guys are just scratching each other's itches. And what I mean by that is you're basically temporarily filling a void in each other. And that feels good. Like imagine you have a scratch in your back and you're like, oh, I can't reach it. You can't reach it. And you get a friend to scratch it or you like rub up against the door and like, oh God, it feels really good. Right. That's basically what's going on when you're attracting someone that is based on your, a core wound or a void. And what I mean by that, for example, I said before, I used to outsource confidence. And so if someone was just, um, you know, really taking that on really, um, kind of, uh, and really boosting me, like, t- to help me feel that confidence that I wasn't able to feel myself. And they're, like, really kind of putting themselves in that position of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, be that boost for her. Then, yeah, of course, that's going to feel really, 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 really good. And I'm going to feel feelings of love, but it's not really love. It's just really feeling how I want to feel, except that I'm required to have this other person in my life and to feel that way. And that's obviously the problem. And that's why it can feel so good, but it's not really love. It's um, something else. And actually, I did kind of do an episode on I'm thinking about an episode on this. It's episode 111, where I talk about three different relationships that you're confusing with love that aren't love. So I'll put that in the show notes. But episode 111, if you want to do a deeper dive with me more on this topic. Okay, the final thing that I'm going to talk about when it comes to things in relationships no one wants to talk about is fighting and arguments. Now, arguments are completely normal. 
And I think they are part of a healthy relationship. You know, sometimes I talk to women and like, I mean, everything was great. We never fought. And I'm like, how do two humans never fight, especially when you're spending so much time together or if you're living together or if you're basically living together, even if it's not official. That's a lot of time and a confined space to be spending. Like, are you just not asking for what you need or want? Are you just allowing yourself to be walked all over? Um, Or are you doing that to the other partner? Like, that's just where my mind and my assumptions are going to go because there's, you're just naturally going to be like, oh, I don't know about that. Or I don't know if I agree with that. Or, ooh, that was kind of hurtful. Or, ooh, I don't know, maybe I'm taking this the wrong way, but let's talk about it because that kind of hurt my feelings or whatever it is. Like, that is that is normal, right? And, uh, you know, there's like all these numbers like, well, okay, like how many, how much is normal and how much is not normal? And, you know, I really hesitate to give a number on it because I don't want you to just give yourself like another outside measuring stick. But like, obviously, most of the time in the relationship, you don't want to be arguing. Um, And, you know, like maybe I don't know if I had to throw a number out there, I would say like 20% of the time, you don't want to be arguing. But just like I said before, where relationships ebb and flow. And this I'm just speaking for myself. um, Sometimes like the amount of time that Stevie and I are arguing very much ebbs and flows too. Um, And I think part of that is just because if the relationship itself is bumping up a new, you know, level to grow to, or just some new things that we're learning about ourselves or each other, then I think that's naturally going to bring up more arguments. And so that 20% thing, I think is like kind of bogus when it comes to that, because I do find ourselves getting into more arguments, just as we're kind of like nestling into this new level or this new space that we're operating the relationship in. And then once we've gotten there, and we've created some new agreements and boundaries and discussion and some healing around it, then I would say the number of arguments drops down dramatically. And I would say it's well below the 20% number that I've that I've heard a lot. So yeah, I think the number of times or the arguments, I think that percentage can definitely ebb and flow as the relationship grows. I think it's a red flag when there's no arguments. I think it's a red flag when there's too many arguments. And I think it's a red flag when it comes to how you're conducting the arguments, right? So again, it's normal for for there to be conflict or disagreement or arguments between a couple. Again, like I said, totally normal. But what I don't support is is the kind of arguing where you're belittling each other, calling each other's names, saying things like, you know, fuck you or screw you or things like that. That to me is is more problematic. And I don't consider that to be within the 20% range of like, this is healthy arguing, or this is healthy conflict in a relationship. Because what that really comes down to is just, it is pretty much just respect of the other. And just an acceptance like, okay, you may not agree, someone might have hurt your feelings might have done something you know, wrong or whatever, but does that really warrant warrant just being mean to each other and calling each other names and like having just like this screaming and yelling where no one can really um, get their word in or or anything like that. So um, if you do find your arguments are like that, then again, I don't think it's necessarily you have to get out of the relationship. But I do think you need to have a conversation around well, when you do disagree, like, what, do you, what does that look like? Like, can you create some rules and some agreements and some boundaries 
around that. Like maybe no interrupting, um, you know, maybe, um, you know, each person needs to repeat what the other person said so that each person feels heard, right? Like, I don't know, I can't make up these rules for you, but these are just some basic guidelines that I think can help with healthier communication that can make an argument more productive, if you will, rather than just like two people lashing out and just projecting all their triggers and core wounds onto each other. And the most important thing that I think or most important way I think an argument needs to end is not just like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, But what, what is going to be put in place in the relationship that will prevent either one, the argument from getting out of hand, like it might have done, like, what are you going to put in place to, to, so that, you know, a future argument doesn't get out of hand, like, like it did, or the thing that you are arguing about, what are you putting in place in the relationship so that the thing that you're arguing about doesn't continue to be an issue. So again, that comes with creating some agreements and some boundaries um, and some, I mean, quote unquote rules. I just, I really like the idea of an agreement field um, and just having like, okay, these are the things that this is how we argue. This is how we don't argue. Um, if we go outside of that agreement field, then we take a pause and we need to just kind of go off and cool off and then come back when we can operate within that agreement field. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And, and I, um, I have a bonus thing that I just want to say in terms of being in a relationship and the reality that no one likes to talk about is that you don't have to agree on everything right? You don't have to agree on exactly how you want to raise your kids. You don't have to agree exactly on the same politics, exactly how you want to design and decorate your house, exactly on what you feel about uh, religion or this or that. And uh, you might be able to hear my dog barking in the background. Sorry about that. Um, But what I do think you have to do if you don't have to agree with everything, but you do have to support each other and you do have to accept each other. Because I believe that you can't actually really love someone if you don't accept them. And same goes for you. If they're not really accepting things about you, um, whether it's things you're interested in, your political beliefs, your values, then really they can't love you. Like, think about it. Like, how can you possibly love someone if you don't if you don't accept them, right? And again, that doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It just means you have to accept it. Like, okay, cool. Like, I accept that, you know, you think of this thing in this way. I I totally support you. I accept that that's for you. It's not for me, but I accept it and I love you, right? But if you can't accept it, like you're just putting up this wall and I don't think that love can penetrate through this wall. Okay, so I'm going to briefly recap these five things that no one talks about in love to help you have a more realistic understanding of what love actually looks like beyond the third or fourth date or whatever it is. And the first is relationships are not about compromise. It is totally normal and natural for relationships to ebb and flow, especially when it comes to the romance and the passion and things like that. Everyone has their own experience when it comes to meeting their partner. Arguments are normal and in fact healthy, but how are you Uh, acting in those arguments? How are they being carried out? And finally, you don't have to agree on everything, but you do have to support and accept each other. 
So what does all of this insider information tell you? Well, it means that love is a lot more complicated than most will ever make it out to be. And I think that is because a lot of people just kind of ignore this part, right? I get emails from women all the time, like saying, thank you so much, Veronica, your date yourself challenge, your podcast, your love action tribe, you know, all these things, you know, it helped me. And now I'm in this relationship. And so now I'm going to leave the tribe or now I'm going to unsubscribe. But thank you so much. And um, part of me is like, well, great. I'm really glad that you met someone like that really does make me happy. But part of me is also like, what are you doing? This work never ends unless I'm specifically talking about online dating, like literally online dating. Pretty much everything else I teach is applicable no matter your relationship status. And this work isn't just for single people. This work isn't just to get you into a relationship. This work is for your own growth and a relationship that will last through the you know, the time, like like through the years, through the decades, it's going to be one that grows. And if you're not committed to your growth, just for you as a person, then your relationship is going to stall and it's going to stagnate. So uh, this work is, is, you know, in Oprah's words, so you can live your best life and a healthy relationship is an awesome byproduct of it. Right? So now that you've listened to this episode, I'd love to know, What's your biggest misunderstanding when it comes to actually being in a relationship? Where do you feel like you get confused or unsure around how you're supposed to feel or what you're supposed to do? And what's something that you learned from this episode? So come on over to Instagram. My name is Veronica E. Grant over there and let me know. Comment on any of my photos there or send me a DM. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you're not into the Instagram, no worries. Head over to my show notes page. It's veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 160. And leave a comment there to let me know. And you can also get to that page just by going back to your podcast player, wherever you're listening to this on your phone, and then there'll be a link somewhere and you can just tap the show notes page and it'll take you to actually the website where you can leave a comment and let me know what you think about all this. All right, my dears, thank you so much for listening this week. If you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a quick rating or a review. It really helps me to grow the show and to get the show in front of more amazing women just like yourself. It takes literally two seconds to tap the star. So please, at the very least, do that. And if you have an extra 30 seconds, I'd be so grateful for a review. Uh, I don't know if you can hear my dog face going crazy. Um, Okay, so I think that is a sign that it is time to wrap this puppy up. I will see you next week. And I'm really excited for next week's coaching episode. If you've ever not reached out to me or worked with the coach or done the tribe or anything like that, because you're like, well, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to ask. Then you're going to love the episode next week. Okay, I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.